morning to you. Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thanks for joining me on the program this morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. As we uh, middle of September already. Holy cow! Where has the time gone? Uh, probably yes. I should start thinking about getting out my Christmas decoration. Oh no, no, it's <sighs> probably too early for that. Oh, uh, at least I hope so anyway. I don't even want to think about that. That's uh, way too far down the road there. Let's uh, let's get through the end of the month and into October and Oktoberfest and all the rest of the holidays and festivities between <laughs> now and uh, now and Christmas. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's going to be here before we know it. Maybe I should start talking. Maybe next time I get tackle Terry Tumon, I'll we'll uh, we'll just talk about getting stuff ready for ice fishing season. <laughs> really uh, get out in front of the curve there, so to speak, <laughs> uh, or or not. I think we have quite a bit of fall fishing left before we uh, we'll get to that particular point. At least I hope so. You you really never know with the. Uh, the weather here, it uh, <laughs> could do anything. Um, it could snow tomorrow. Who knows? Well, let's hope not, but you just never know. <laughs> Anyhow, well, I hope you're having a good weekend so far and are making plans to uh, to make the most of it here. I-, I know it's cloudy and dreary this morning here, but, uh, you know, hopefully it'll, uh, you know, it'll clear off and be relatively nice and we'll have a Beautiful mid-September day for uh, uh, getting out there and enjoying the bounty that we have here in the Cooley region, whether that's fishing, maybe doing a little hunting, uh, what have you. Uh, we are uh, uh, very blessed to have what we have here in the area. That you know, Not just Wisconsin, but Minnesota and uh, the upper corner of Iowa as well. So had a chance to uh, get out there. Uh, and enjoy it. Uh, taking a look at the conditions right now, things haven't changed a whole lot since last week. Uh, things are pretty stable for the most part. Uh, River Stage sitting at 4.83 this morning and uh, looking pretty darn flat. I don't think we're going to see too much change there anytime soon between uh, uh, with just, just, just with everything I'm seeing here. and I think we'll have a uh, relatively stable fall at least as far as that goes. Uh, water temperatures, eh, I guess I'm not too terribly surprised. I, I figure they may be down, maybe down a little bit more, but um, we've, we've dipped now into the upper 60s, uh, and it's just kind of a wide range here this morning looking at the condition. Almost at 71, uh, Dresbank's at 70, Genoa's at 69, uh, Linksville's at 72, so uh, we're just kind of... Right on that uh, that cusp, and uh, just from looking at things here too, I don't know if it's going to come down a whole lot in the next week or so. I was kind of thinking last week uh, that uh, the water temperatures would drop a little bit more, but uh, um, it didn't get quite as cool as I thought it would be. So um, my report and my prediction wasn't as cool as it could have been either. So, but anyhow, yeah, it's, uh, uh, 
you know, right around that 70-degree mark, I'd say, pretty much across the board on average. Uh, as far as the uh, the flow goes, it's still very low as well. Um, again, considering the, the river stage and everything, not surprising. Uh, everything is just uh, anywhere from about 7,000 all the way up to about 11 and a half. Uh, you start at Almond, that's at 73, and work your way down up to uh, Lynxville, and that's 11.5. And it just kind of goes up a little bit <laughs> as you head further south from Alma. It's just, and, you know, that's just not a whole lot in terms of flow or current or anything. So uh, it's just not going to, uh, not going to do a whole lot. So you can really slow drift on the river if you, if you want to work some of those wing dams for the walleyes and, uh, things like that, uh, you're not going to have to uh, work too hard to uh, to stay in position uh, for that anyway. Yeah, it's uh, uh, just very quiet out there, very calm on the river right now um, as we uh, work our way towards fall here in the next couple of months. Uh, as far as the fishing goes, uh, I you know, calm is not maybe the right word, but it, it's uh, it's not bad. You know, it's uh, it's pretty decent. A um, lot of good reports here for a uh, uh, bunch of different species of fish here, and we'll uh, kind of touch on a little bit of them here. Is that um, start with walleye here, since we're kind of talking about the river and the main channel and everything. Uh, walleye bite is uh, is doing fair. Um, guys uh, catching some decent ones, working uh, working wing dams, uh, working below the do. Uh, below uh, the locks and dams uh, take your pick on which ones you you want i mean it's they're all i think probably pretty decent um so that uh, so you've got that as well um but yeah working uh crankbaits and uh twister tails three-way three let's see if i'll do this slowly uh three-way rigs <laughs> Ah, crawler harnesses, that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, finding the walleyes, finding the walleyes there anyway, but uh, uh, not too, uh, not too bad. Uh, as far as the uh, um, the northern bite goes, um, not too bad either. That's uh, working uh, some of those, maybe a little larger crankbait, uh, uh, spoons, that kind of thing. It's uh, channel inlets, places along those lines that uh, stream inlets uh, into the uh, the main channel or places like that, where uh, where you can find that kind of co- or those kinds of conditions, and I think you can find some decent sized northerns in there. Also, uh, the panfish bite isn't doing too bad either. Um, we're uh, Pretty much across the board, really. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get comfortable here <laughs> uh, at the studio, and uh, it's uh, I have tendonitis in my shoulder, and I'm not complaining or whatever, but it's like trying to find a comfortable place to put my arms. So it doesn't it doesn't hurt? Uh, but uh, uh, which really makes for uh, uh, casting is. <sighs> Anyway, 
Uh, panfish bite, yeah, not bad. Uh, that's, I don't want to say that's probably the best to go for it because I, I think right now we're, we're, we're looking at pretty much everything is, is doing pretty well right now. Um, but the panfish bite is, is doing pretty good. Uh, you know, you're working, uh, some of those sloughs and backwater areas for the, uh, for the panfish, for the bluegills, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, timber cover places like that for, um, uh, not only the bluegills, but, uh, but crappies as well. Um, and just, uh, you know, I hate to keep saying this over. I feel like I, well, I am kind of repeating myself, but Hey, if it works, it works. You know, you're just, uh, using a, uh, chunk of night crawler or a very small plastic for, uh, uh, for the panfish, uh, for the bluegills. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, night, excuse me, night crawler or, um, small little crappie minnow for, uh, for them and for the perch as well. Um, probably, probably working some kind of a, uh, jig and a minnow combination or, um, I guess you'd use crawlers as well for that matter. I mean, you know, they're not that fussy. They'll bite at that. Um, so you've got that option for you as well. And, um, I mean, I think if, if I'm going pan fishing, I'd probably bring a little of both. Because that's, uh, <laughs> you know, if they don't bite on the minnows or the worms, they're going to bite on the minnows and, Vice versa, and that kind of but uh, but yeah, they're you know, um, but yeah, the panfish or the the bluegills, I should say, are going to be biting in there, and then also, um, yeah, where my notes on the, the crappies, but yeah, the the crappies will be working in some of that timber cover as well, um, but they'll also be uh, again in those those same kind of backwater areas, the weedy areas as well, and the perch will be. Probably working some of those uh, uh, weed lines, uh, vegetation, those areas in there looking for uh, either minnows or uh, small animal or small little critters on the um, on the vegetation to uh, to munch on as well. But uh, um, again, maybe just you know, uh, hit those backwater areas and, and just find those areas where there's some you know, maybe even if there's just a slight little bit of current running through a slough or something like that, um, you know, it's not, it's not stagnant isn't quite the right. Still water maybe is uh, a better way to for me to think about it anyway. But, yeah, I mean, you want just, just maybe just a little bit of current, not, you know, a ton, not that there's a ton out there, but, you know, just a little something in there to keep the water moving. And But uh, those are the kinds of areas where uh, – uh, I think you'll do pretty well too. And also working if if you're going to be working um, weed lines as too, obviously be thinking about uh, uh, largemouth bass as well. Uh, if you're not interested in in doing some pan fishing, uh, break out the bass tackle here. And um, the bass bite has been very very good here in the last uh, uh, in the last week. I've uh, uh, seen and heard some really good things about the bass bite. I and I. I I'm not sure what it is that that's just kind of kicking them off, or if it's just you know, just getting more reports or or, or whatever. But um, but yeah, the bass bite is uh, is doing pretty well. 
again, you're working some of those uh, side channels and uh, backwater areas around weed beds, places like that for the largemouth, and um, you know, working working the shorelines and, and uh, those kinds of structures, uh, rocky areas, any kind of little flats areas in there where you may be able to find um, some cover there, find the, uh, the the smallies in there too. Um, again, uh, nothing terribly. Well, I hate to, I hate to say nothing terribly fancy anyway, but I'm you know you're fishing swim jigs, you're you're fishing you know crankbaits maybe for the smallies, uh, spinners, those kinds of things uh, for the smallies, and you know, maybe uh, some kind of minnow imitator, what have you, swim jigs for uh, for the uh, the largemouth, and you know you can go to town on those, and and uh, just this this past week here, I've just uh, I can be critical at times of social media, but in some cases it's it's pretty nice because I, I I've seen a lot of nice photos this week from uh, uh, from folks of uh, just some really nice bass being caught around here, uh, some really nice largemouths. So uh, I would you know if you get that opportunity to go you know get the gear out and and go to town on that that uh, that's a lot of fun and I think that bite. Uh, well, largemouth and smallmouth, for that matter. I think that bite's going to go for uh, um, for a while yet. I think it'll it'll still be very very good here for for uh, uh, quite a while. Um, so definitely uh, opportunities there to uh, uh, get out and enjoy enjoy some of that as well. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to did I, did I touch on others, um, but uh, you know some of the same kind of things too. If you want to do uh, do some northern fishing. Um, Maybe instead of, uh, well, I mean, crankbaits will work, certainly, but uh, uh, you can certainly, um, you know, spoons and, and things like that um, is uh, is always a good time for uh, uh, for that as well. So, again, I mean, just, you know, I, I, the conditions are stable, and that's always a good thing. It's not necessarily a predictor of whether or not you will, Catch fish, uh, certainly, but it is. Uh, it just makes those opportunities and and makes uh, what you're doing easier. Um, it, it just you know it, it's I guess one little or one less thing maybe to uh, to deal with um, when you're you're headed out there, and it doesn't have to be anything terribly complicated. Um, keep it simple, um, but. You know, make your game plan, get your gear ready, and and uh, uh, and and head on out and, and go enjoy a uh, a good day either today, tomorrow, for that matter, of uh, of some fishing out on the river here. And just taking a look at the uh, the fishing report here from the uh, uh, Driftless area as well. A um, little more of a challenge here um, as the uh, as we get into the the tail end of the season here too uh again and this actually is from a couple of days ago but um creeks are they're saying creeks are extremely low which is hurting the fishing uh, especially on the small headwater creeks um decent water temperatures as well um fish are uh, olives uh olive hatches uh, any kind of imitators for that would work um terrestrials Always fun to use this time of year. 
beetle patterns, uh, hopper patterns, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, and this morning would be great to be out there just uh, with the cloudy skies and everything. You don't have to contend with the uh, uh, sun and shadows and everything. So that's uh, that's not too bad. So, um, you know, that's certainly certainly an option here. We've got another uh, month or so to, to go with that. So, uh, again, opportunities there to go out and catch some. And this is a nice time of year, too, where you can – I think anyway, go out and catch some really nice large trout, especially with some of those uh, larger patterns. Those uh, those big trout don't want to just you know a little midge here and a midge there or whatever. If they see something that's like ah uh, yeah, I can I can get the whole buffet right there and go to town. So and there are some really nice sized trout in those streams down in uh, uh, Vernon County and in the uh, in the area as well. So. Uh, plenty of opportunities there too to uh, to get out and and enjoy. And again, too, I, I and and I was going to mention this uh, a little later on in the program too. Was uh, you know we're getting to the point in the the year here too where uh, at least one of the one of the aspects of fall fishing anyway is is that you know there's other things going on. We get bow hunting starting here, and you know so I mean that's ramping up and there's just you know other things going on it's football season so you know it's not necessarily going to be uh, as pressured as maybe it's been here for the last you know like june july august those kinds of months you know so it's um i think that's another aspect of fall fishing is that you know the fishing pressure decreases uh and will continue to decrease here as we work through september and in october and uh, and, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, if you're headed out, you know, on the river, you're not going to find as many boats. Um, if, if you're headed out to the, uh, the trout streams, you know, there aren't going to be as many anglers out there. So, I mean, you've got better opportunities, opportunities to, to maybe get to places that, you know, you weren't able to get to earlier in the year that, um, Maybe we're seeing a little bit of, of pressure or whatever, and you know. So you've got uh, you've got opportunities. This is again, uh, I, again, that's I, I, that's one of the elements anyway that that I think make fall fishing uh, an awful lot of fun is that, um, you know, you can get to those places that maybe you hadn't gotten to <laughs> so far this year, but uh, you know, it's it's just some great opportunities to uh, uh, to get out there and and enjoy some great fishing. Okay, it is uh, 8.23. I'm going to take a pause here and uh, be back in just a couple of moments as WKTY Outdoors continues. Here on this Saturday morning, you're listening to WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. To WKTY Outdoors. It's coming up on 827. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. Glad you could uh, glad you could make it here. You're talking about fishing and getting outdoors. I'm going to shift gears just a, a little bit here too because um, uh, obviously it's the uh, uh, we're into the the start of the uh, um, archery and, and crossbow deer hunting season um, and. Uh, 
started today and runs until January. But uh, uh, the other day, the uh, the Wisconsin DNR had the opportunity, did a, a, a bit of a media briefing anyway, to uh, to talk about the upcoming season here. Um, again, the charts today, but uh, um, we don't have a show on Wednesday. So when they did this, so uh, going to uh, play a little bit of that here for you as well, uh, and uh, just give you an idea of what to uh, expect uh, if you're uh, headed out into the woods to do a little. Uh, uh, Archery hunting here this morning, or this weekend, I should say, or uh, during the course of the season here. So, uh, again, they cover a, a wide range of, of topics here. So, uh, just give you a little forecast, uh, fill in some of the other details. Uh, but, again, this is uh, uh, folks with the uh, Wisconsin DNR, uh, several folks anyway, talking a little bit about the uh, uh, the upcoming deer hunt season. So, uh, here is that, uh, here is that, or, Part of that news conference, anyway, uh, here on WKTY Outdoors. I am the Public Affairs Section Manager for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. This morning's media briefing is focused on the upcoming archery and crossbow deer hunting seasons. Joining us, we have Jeff Pritzel, our DNR Deer Program Specialist, Aaron Larson, our Herd Health Specialist, and Lieutenant Mike Weber, our DNR Hunter Education Administrative Warden. So with that, I will go ahead and turn things on over to Jeff. All right, thank you, Molly, and thank you all for joining us this morning to kick off the deer season. Hard to believe it's it, it's here already, but here we are approaching mid-September. So as we start thinking about options and opportunities for what 2023 looks like, um, the, the deer population after the 2022 season, so our overwinter population was estimated at 7% uh, larger than it had been the previous year at that time. So we're experiencing some population growth, which has followed the trend we've seen over the last number of years. And so um, the deer herds going into this fall in, in as, as good in numbers um, as last year, if not higher, in most parts of the state. In the far northwest, we did experience really significant snowfall, which, which creates what we call a winter severity index that can impact the future herd growth and reproduction. So there's there are a few counties in the far northwest part of the state that may see some impacts uh, to their deer population and prospects for this fall, but, but that should be pretty minimal. In general, it should be as, as least as good as it was last year, if not better. Um, going into opening weekend here, of course, weather can be a real driver as far as hunter activity levels. It's going to be a little warmer and, and looks like damp opening weekend, um, which isn't, isn't great, but it's still opening weekend. And so people are going to be out there, uh, breaking in the season. Um, as far as I know, across the state, we really don't have much of a mosquito hatch going on. And that can also put a damper on, on early season activity. And so on that side, that, that's good news. And uh, um, acorn crop, as far as food sources for deer, um, sounds like we've got a really good acorn crop going in, in many parts of the state. So that's something hunters should take into consideration in terms of their strategy and where deer are going to be spending time. And then in the agricultural part of the state, um, most of our crop production and progress is pretty much right on schedule. And so no surprises there as far as how that might influence you know, deer behavior. Finally, um, I'll just share that you know, as far as opportunity, uh, if people are still looking to uh, acquire some more uh, 
permits for especially for harvesting antlerless deer those permits continue to be available uh, throughout the season um, in the form of, of bonus permits in in many parts of the state and they, they have sold out in in a few areas but we have um, uh, a source on our website to that hunters can go to to see what the availability is and purchase additional permits um, to add to their license authority and with that um, I'll pass it over to Aaron Larson to talk a little bit about where we're at with um, CWD considerations as we go into the season. Thank you, Jeff. And as Dana mentioned, my name is Aaron Larson. I'm the Deer Herd Health Specialist for the state, and I wanted to share a few CWD items with you this morning. So for the 2023 upcoming season, we estimate that we may sample around 19,500 deer this year. Our surveillance plan for the year does still focus in continuing sampling in the southern part of the state, as well as some of our central Wisconsin counties that have had the majority of our, of our positive detections. We also have surveillance areas statewide around wild and farm-raised deer uh, CWD positive detections as well. So that said, we have our focus sampling areas set, but we will also always test and uh, take a deer for sampling uh, from anywhere that's harvested anywhere in the state. So we do have a lot of different sampling locations uh, set up in all counties, not just our, our focus sampling areas. And where to find those locations is we do have a map on our website that has all of the sampling locations available to the hunters statewide. Two of our main options are self-serve kiosks. So kiosks are open 24 hours a day. That would be obviously self-serve, so the hunter would go through the process themselves. Uh, the second biggest option is we also have uh, staffed cooperator stations. So that may be a meat processor, maybe a taxidermist or a gas station, but a, a private business where there are staff that are able to help the hunter through the process. So also available on that map is our disposal options. So we've had a dumpster program for a few years now and we'll continue through, through this fall with that program uh, as well. And we have at least one dumpster in every county available for hunter harvested deer carcass waste. Um, a lot of those locations may not be on our map now. So we wanna make sure to mention to check back frequently for updates as some of these locations are not available until a little later in the season and they're not put up on the map until they're open or in the case of the dumpster out on the landscape and available to, to go to. We still also do have adopt a dumpster and adopt a kiosk programs. So that would be where an individual or a group can help uh, adopt a kiosk or a dumpster in the, the process of, of use for the hunter. So the last item I want to mention is baiting and feeding. So we also have a map available on our website with the current counties that have a baiting and feeding ban in place. And this is another one that we encourage to check back frequently as a change could be made at any time if a new CWD positive detection is found. I do want to bring your attention to several changes that will be in place for this fall. We have two counties that are having the baiting and, baiting and feeding ban removed in the first week of October. So they haven't had a, an additional CWD positive detection in the number of years that's required um, for a baiting and feeding ban. So Calumet and Burnett will no longer have a baiting and feeding ban the first week of October. We also have four new counties that will have a baiting and feeding ban this fall, and that's due to a uh, deer farm, uh, CWD positive in a deer farm in southeast Washburn County. And that facility is within 10 miles of three other counties. So all four of those counties will have a new baiting and feeding ban this fall. And that's Washburn, Barron, Sawyer, and Rusk. The date of that is yet to be determined, but will likely still be a few weeks out um, for that. 
So with that, I will turn it over to uh, Warden Weber. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, as Aaron said, my name is Mike Weber. I'm the Hunter Education Administrator for the DNR. Um, obviously, with the uh, bow season almost here on the 16th, an important aspect of safety is going to be tree stand safety. Uh, we always encourage hunters uh, when they're getting out there to inspect their stands, um, make sure they still function well, uh, that the straps are good. And then obviously, anytime a hunter is going up or down a tree or is sitting, uh, make sure to wear that uh, full body safety harness. Um, definitely going to keep you safe out there. Um, when you're going up and down a tree, um, make sure to always use a safety line so you're always connected to the tree. And then always ensure to have three points of contact as well uh, when going up and down. Um, whether you're bringing a bow or a crossbow in the woods, really important to always use that um, haul line or tether line to raise that bow uh, or crossbow up and down the tree as well so you're not holding on to that. Um, another important safety message, and again, we always teach it in our hunter education, uh, our hunter education courses, um, is always to remember um, tab K or those four main rules of firearm safety. Um, obviously, more folks um, are using crossbows, which has become really popular across the state, and those four main rules, you know, apply um, to that archery equipment as well. So, um, making sure to treat every crossbow as if it were loaded. Um, always pointing the crossbow in a safe direction. Uh, be sure of your target, what's in front of it and what's beyond it. And then, of course, keeping your finger out of the trigger guard until you're ready to shoot. Um, we encourage those um, folks that are getting out there, again, that uh, if you want more information as it relates to safety, uh, don't be afraid to get on the DNR website. And, of course, our hunter education courses are filling up fast. So uh, if you're looking for those courses, whether you've been through them already or just, uh, you know, want that reminder of, of those safety tips, um, please feel free to, to go on our DNR website and enroll in those courses. And with that, I think I will be turning it over to Molly. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I can get it over to Molly, but I think I think I'll take over it for this one. Jeff, Aaron, thank you also. We do have a little bit of time for a Q&A, actually. So if anyone does have any questions about archery or crossbow season, please feel free to raise your hand and we'll go around the room and call on you individually. That'll be your opportunity to unmute. There is going to be a recording of this briefing released later on. So if you're watching this at a later time, please feel free to shoot us an email, dnrpress at wisconsin.gov. And we'll make sure that your email gets sent out to any of these three, or if there's a different party that can help find your answer, we can help hook you up at that time as well. Um, I'm not seeing any questions popping up in the chat. We'll give a quick another second to see if anyone else has questions coming up in the group. Matt, you can go ahead and unmute. Okay, thank you. Uh, can you hear me okay? Okay. Yep, you're um, all good. Okay. Um, just curious, as um, far as the, the crossbow trend goes, uh, is it still increasing the percentage uh, of hunters at this time of year? Is it leveling off? Uh, where does that stand? Yeah, thanks for that question, Matt. Um, we've seen over the course of the last couple of decades, especially the last decade, this trend towards the use of crossbow, and it, it did level off the past two or three years. Um, you know, we're at the beginning of the season, and, and we'll have a much better assessment at the end of the 2023 season as license sales, because they will continue to, to ramp up uh, through uh, the next couple of weeks as archery hunting activity really peaks in later, second half of October, early November. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that leveling off that we've started to observe the last couple of years continues, which would suggest that maybe things have kind of reached an equilibrium. Um, but I don't think we're ready to quite call it that yet. 
Yeah, thank you. Any other questions from the group this morning? Go ahead, you can raise your hand or drop it in the chat if for any reason you cannot unmute at this time. All right, otherwise with that, I think we might wrap things up. We will again send this recording out later on today. And if any questions do come up throughout the rest of the season, please feel free to send us an email, dnrpress at wisconsin.gov. It does look like Matt has one more question. So we'll we'll go ahead and unmute Matt before we wrap up. Okay, thanks, Dana. Um, just uh, Jeff, you had mentioned some counties in the Northwest may have had a little winter severity. Uh, can you get specific as to where some of those areas may have been? Thanks. You bet. Sure. So the kind of the far Northwest counties, Iron, uh, Ashland, Bayfield, Douglas, and Sawyer, uh, and even portions of Vilas and Price County um, had really heavy snow this past winter. Um, but fortunately, through monitoring uh, and checking in, out in the field uh, in terms of winter mortality, uh, that didn't seem to be all that significant, um, which was a good thing. Uh, but what it can also influence is uh, the fawn uh, survival rates uh, this spring. That we won't have a good handle on until uh, in, in over the next couple of months as we monitor fawn doe ratios. And so that, that still is a possibility that we might see some, some suppressed Fondo ratios in that part of the state. All right. And that is uh, just kind of a preview of the uh, upcoming uh, archery season here for uh, deer hunting in the uh, in the state of Wisconsin here from the uh, uh, Wisconsin DNR here a little earlier this week. Uh, and uh, <laughs> was just uh, during the uh, uh, course of playing that back, it's just uh, came across, it's like, there's, uh, they always put out a section here uh, from the DNR. It's like how to tell the difference between uh, elk and deer. Because, um, I mean, you know, and you don't have to go too terribly far either in, uh, uh, in our area anyway to find, uh, uh, to find elk. And uh, there's a, uh, two herds really in Wisconsin. One is in uh, uh, far northern Wisconsin. And... Uh, in the like Ashland, Bayfield, uh, Rusk, and Sawyer counties up there, that's probably the the larger of the uh, two herds. But there is a herd in in uh, in Jackson County, and so uh, it's not uh, uh, certainly unsurprising to see uh, elk in in that area. And um, I've never seen one. I think it would be kind of cool to say. I mean, I mean, I've seen them at you know farms and things like that, but. Uh, um, would be kind of cool to see him, uh, at least for me anyway. Um, and, uh, uh, I, it's pretty easy to tell the difference between, uh, an elk and a deer and, um, certainly a, <laughs> no real confusion between a, uh, a male, <laughs> A male, you know, uh, deer, uh, a buck, and uh, a uh, a male elk. Uh, let's just say uh, those uh, those racks are a huge <laughs> a huge difference. And not um, to mention just size too, for that matter. You know, an adult elk uh, stands about a one to two feet taller than an adult deer at the shoulders. Um, and uh, although an elk calf will be about the same size as an adult white-tailed doe, uh, but certainly has totally different colorations uh, uh, than uh, than a deer. Um, and, and again, 
touching base on the antlers here too. Um, you know, white-tailed deer antlers, you know, curve forward, uh, whereas elk antlers are just massive and sweep back from their heads. And, you know, if you've, and I'm sure you, many of you have, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> the difference between a, a really, really nice rack on a, uh, on a, uh, on a buck is, uh, is one thing and, and a thing of beauty. Uh, but, uh, a rack <laughs> of antlers on an elk is, uh, a uh, whole nother ball game. Um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> so you can't really tell that, you know, mistake that, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. They're colored different too. Uh, and, and speaking of colors too, obviously elk have, uh, a tan rump patch, black legs, and a dark brown mane. Deer have the uh, legs this, the same color as their bodies, uh, you know, that that lighter tan color, um, you know, a white throat patch and a, a fluffy white tail, <laughs> yeah, which is, I guess, one way to, to uh, describe it as well. Um, the only thing, too, is that, uh, uh, and, and again, looking at the, the DNR site, too, here's that. Um, a, a lot of the, uh, you know, the elk... Uh, in these herds have been tagged. So, uh, you know, they've got uh, colored ear tags or tracking collars. Um, the collars are fixed around the neck and are typically orange in color. And I mean, you know, and not just a pale, you know, kind of the, the, the blaze orange, if you will. Uh, certainly a bright color that's very noticeable uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the contrast between that and uh, that that brownish dark brown color of a of an elk, but uh, um, I, and I certainly hope don't see any reports this year. I, I know there have been in the past couple of years anyway where uh, elk have been inadvertently or not necessarily inadvertently or maybe stupidly shot is maybe a better way to put it uh, that uh, people have misidentified them and and shot them and. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It was probably during the gun deer season is when uh, that's uh, likely to happen. When um, when that sorts uh, when that sort of thing, uh, unfortunately, uh, it takes place. But uh, again, uh, uh, very cool to see in the wild. Uh, whether it's uh, male, female, um, the uh, Elk calves, what have you? But uh, they're they're very uh, very neat to see. Uh, uh, love to see one in in the wild too. And I and I know too that the uh, uh, um, at least up north certainly I don't think it would be really interesting to see if there was one here. But uh, um, the uh, uh, there have been some moose sightings up north, and uh, while moose aren't necessarily you know or haven't been anyway reintroduced in. The state, such as you know, the elk have been, but uh, uh, there's always a uh, a few sightings in uh, in northern Wisconsin uh, each year, and um, obviously they are not uh, uh, able to be harvested as as well. And uh, uh, but again, those are interesting to uh, to see, and uh, you're certainly not going to confuse. Well, at least I hope not. Anyway, you shouldn't be anywhere in the woods if with any kind of weapon if you can't tell the difference between a, a moose and a, a, a deer. Um, there's just really no uh, uh, 
no comparison there. Um, but, uh, um, Anyhow, it is uh, 847. I'm going to take a pause here, and uh, we'll come back in just a couple of moments as WKTY Outdoors continues on this Saturday morning. You're listening to WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It is coming up on 851. I'm Kevin Millar. Thanks for joining me on the show this morning. And before we kind of get going any further here, uh, let's uh, take a quick pause here for a, a fishing tip from Tackle Terry Tuma. Hi, this is Tackle Terry Tuma. Bring you another fishing tip. You know, to get your crankbaits to run deeper, one we have to understand: you smaller diameter line. You know, if it's a uh, braided line, that's going to be already accomplished. Uh, if it's a fluorocarbon, then of course thinner di- uh, diameter. And what happens here? The thinner lines create less drag resistance, and then another factor is that the length of the cast so if you cast and what we need to do is cast beyond where those fish are and then bring that crankbait to that fish itself and therefore then you're going to already have to uh, get it to run deeper and then two uh, using the right rod seven to uh, foot to even eight foot rods uh, are going to extend their casting distance and if you just really work at that, um, accomplishing that, and, and work with your different uh, lines makes such a difference, and then the length of that rod. But if you really, really can use the correct line, uh, and I use a lot of vanish line on spinning reels uh, because of the less um, uh, coiling, if you will, and braided line uh, has no memory in it. So here again, you can use braided line and attach a fluorocarbon leader to that line of about four feet in length. So there's many ways to accomplish uh, the distance. And, of course, using your arm strength to cast at that specific target. All right. Thank you very much, Terry, for that uh, fishing tip here, too. Some other outdoors news uh, to share with you here this morning, too, uh, is that, uh, again, because of the drought conditions that uh, we're going through here, too, and uh, the potential for uh, elevated fire danger, uh, the Wisconsin DNR is uh, reinstating... um, DNR burning permits uh, by issuing a special fire order in uh, 12 southern Wisconsin counties. Um, It begins uh, on Monday the 18th um, in designated DNR protection areas until further notice. Uh, And uh, some of the counties that uh, are included in this are uh, Crawford, uh, Richland, Portage, uh, Grant, and Iowa counties as well. It's Obviously, it's not all of them, but... um, just means that a, a DNR annual burning permit is now required for, you know, burning in a barrel, repile, or grass, or wooded areas, um, unless the ground is completely snow-covered, which I don't think it is uh, at the moment. You never know. Could be. Uh, but uh, uh, maybe in upper Wis- northern Wisconsin. Who knows? Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, it's... Uh, a requirement for those things. A DNR burn permit is not required for campfires intended for uh, cooking or warming, but the public is, of course, uh, reminded to use uh, extreme caution when uh, using uh, campfires and, um, you know, make sure it's, you know, in a designated fire ring or uh, something similar to that to uh, avoid burning under elevated fire conditions uh, typically found during the day. Um, 
So, again, uh, the DNR is planning on keeping the permit requirements in place until the drought situation improves significantly, uh, either due to some uh, long-term rain or snow events. Um, and uh, you can go to the DNR uh, page to check out those current conditions here as far as uh, the drought is concerned. It is uh, 8.55. I've got to take another quick break and be back in just a few moments as WKTY Outdoors continues this morning on WKTY 96.7 FM, 5.80 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Appreciate you being here this morning. Hope you're having a good weekend so far and making the most of it here on a uh, pretty, you know, it looks a little dreary here this morning or whatever, but uh, uh, I think we'll have a uh, pretty nice weekend here as far as getting out and enjoying that and certainly want to wish uh, the uh, best of luck and, and everything to uh, all the hunters who are headed out into the woods to try their luck at getting a deer this weekend and certainly uh, wish you well and and certainly hope that you're staying safe and taking all the precautions that uh, that you need to do and everything but yeah it should be uh, uh yeah it's uh, a good time of year to get out there, whether it's, you know, hunting, certainly plenty of opportunities for uh, for that, or uh, getting out and doing a little fall fishing. Man, I think we're uh, we're staged for a uh, an incredible year this year, I think, as far as the, uh, uh, as far as the fishing goes. Anyhow, I've got to wrap this show up for today. Thank you again so much for listening to WKTY Outdoors this morning. We'll be back next Saturday with another edition for you. So until then... Be safe, be well, and by all means, if you get the opportunity, take the kids outdoors, get them away from those screens and everything and whatnot. Teach them the joys of the outdoors. We'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. Your station for sports. Get up! Get out of here! Go! WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM.